You're listening to the Podcast Network. Listen. Learn. Evolve. Okay. Good day, Uh G'day, world. It's Wednesday, the 11th of January, 2006, 10.20pm. My very patient guests tonight. <laughs> We've been suffering through technical difficulties... Are, uh, coming to me from London, we've got Neil Dixon and Alex Bellinger from Audacious Communications, a podcast consultancy and production firm. How are you doing, boys? We're good. We're good. Well, I know that because we've just been talking for half an hour. Yeah. It's kind of like when people come out into Letterman and Letterman goes, Hey, how are you doing? When you know they've been chatting out in the green room for half an hour before the show, isn't it? I always feel like, why, why do you even bother? Like, we know you've been talking to these guys, so... You think we're that stupid? Anyway. I, li- I like the Skype green green room. It's good. <laughs> yeah, well, it used to be much better stocked. Uh, we used to have drugs and uh, yeah. bowl of cocaine and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> we used to have some hookers out the back for you and the whole jazz, but, you know, we've toned it down as we've become yeah. more respectable. Just a few peanuts. A few peanuts and, and a monkey. Cool. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, as we were saying... You guys uh, hit the radar big time um, a week ago with your uh, press release you put out for your podcast predictions for 2006. And uh, as you were telling me in the rehearsal that we did, you guys uh, launched around about November last year uh, with a, you, your backgrounds are in PR and web design and, and your partners in journalism and, and you're providing sort of podcast production and consultancy. Now, we were talking about um, the fact that when I was uh, doing the podcasting session at BlogOn in New York back in October, I found it very difficult to find examples of companies that are really using podcasting either internally or externally in a, in a clue train kind of a fashion and not just using it as, a, you know, as another way to stuff their message down into people's ears. And you said that you've been getting a fairly positive response from the companies you've been meeting with and talking to over the last couple of months. Do you think they're starting to get it, uh, at least in London? Yeah, I mean, I think they are. They are. They're, they're interested in podcasting because they can. They can see how it could work for them. Um, but uh, I think there are there are a number of steps to that. You know, they need to take in terms of sort of the mindset to 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 open up their communications and to give you know to give staff an opportunity to to con- to, to to do their own podcasting or their own blogging. Um, in the same way that I know that IBM have done quite a lot of uh, a lot with podcasting and 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 with blogging internally. And I think I think probably why, why there's not a great deal of visibility at the moment is that that many of the bigger companies will kind of test all this stuff out internally, and I think there's, there's some some real opportunities for, uh, for 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 podcasting to be a great tool to improve. Um, communication between um, different bits of a business or between the, between the staff. Mm. Yeah, I agree, and I, and I think that this year we should start to see uh, uh, more companies start to embrace at least the medium as a means of you know publishing and distributing information. Whether or not they really grasp it from a clue train perspective remains to be seen. I think. You know, there's, there's yeah. a, we've got a long ways to go before Clue Train really starts to sink home. Yeah, I mean, I through a, a, a phase of um, people utilising it and kind of misunderstanding really what the mediums or the power of the medium itself, and they're they're going to be throwing 
everything at an advertising and marketing message through podcasting as much as they possibly can and then realize that that isn't where the main strength and focus needs to be yeah if you, if you get a chance have a listen to the interview that i did a month or so ago with uh, sydney tetro from next page out of utah in the u.s and the way that uh, Sydney was producing podcasts for her company, she's the veep of marketing there, is they would do interviews with uh, CEOs and, and local politicians just around business and government and what's happening. So, but, you know, I guess the the next page branding was, was subtly interwoven through the show, but it wasn't a... You know, a show about their products or their services necessarily. They were trying to add genuine value to their audience, and I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, I mean, I, necessary, I think necessary actually. Yeah, go on, Alex. No, I was just going to say. I mean, the, the the one one business that we we're working with at the moment is a, a barter exchange business, um, and you know, they're they potential clients, if you like, are, are sort of small businesses and startups um, who, you know, in the early days um, not got a great deal of cash flow coming in and so barter's a, you know, good way of of, of exchanging exchanging trade between the between those companies. Um, and, you know, the podcast we're doing for them is basically um, interviewing various experts on, on small business issues. It's got absolutely, you know, not a great deal to do with barter at all. There's not a, a specific focus on on you know their business, it is really about giving some some extra value to uh, their customers or, or potential customers. Yeah, and I think as you were saying before, Neil, it's kind of critical um, if you're going to have an audience continue to tune in and listen and feel like they've got some value out of it. Uh, if it's just full of marketing messages, it's going to get very old very quickly. It's just going to turn them off completely, I think. Yeah. So let's get on to your uh, top ten predictions, because uh, there was, you know, as <laughs> as I was saying in the rehearsal period, um, I, I'm really interested to drill down into the uh, very deep, deep research methodology and, and scientific <laughs> approach that you guys took to these, because I'm sure there was a lot. There's a lot behind this that it, that may not be evident at a cursory glance from most people, <laughs> but I'm sure it's really there. So we're going to go from 10 and work our way up to number 1, because number one's the best one. So number 10, you're saying, the, da- the Daily Telegraph and The Guardian will launch an extensive range of podcasts, building on early successes with the medium in 2005, competing head-on for Radio 4's intellectual listenership. Now, uh, I'm sure most of the listeners to the show are aware of the Ricky Gervais podcast, which has been a fabulous success, uh, I think, over the last month or two. And um, I was asking you before what The Guardian's involvement has been in the production of the show, and you were telling me you think it's just a small amount of promotion that they did for it uh, in the UK? Yeah, there's not exactly a high profile outside of The Guardian itself. I mean, they're they're promoting it, they're hosting the links, and effectively what there is of of a website and information about it. I mean, The Guardian obviously see value in associating themselves with... Um, with podcasting and, and the new medium. Not to mention with Ricky Gervais. Of course. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, yeah, and I guess the, the really interesting uh, indicator of this is, you know, The Guardian is obviously a newspaper and, you know, now they're in the business of producing effectively radio shows. So it's that cross-pollination uh, of media which... You know, if, if radio stations and radio networks around the world weren't already scared uh, around the what the impact of podcasting was going to be on their business model, surely that, uh, if they're half smart, <laughs> that's just given them an additional reason to uh, start to get scared. Look for another Yeah, time. I mean... Uh- 
a lot. I mean, because a lot of the a lot of the big newspaper groups have kind of um, radio radio linked into it. Um, so for those for those that don't, I can see I can see you know like the Telegraph and the Guardian. I can see them sort of jumping on that as a way of kind of shaking the shaking the whole thing up a bit. Yeah. Um, okay, so number nine, there'll be uproar. No, let me go back to number ten. So, uh, did you actually talk to the Daily Telegraph and the Guardian about their plans as part of your research for this? Of course, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think we wrote something down, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, this was all done, you know, in a sort of post-Christmas haze <laughs> on the on the back of a fish and chip packet in a bar somewhere called the Deer and Hound. Something like that, yeah. Excellent. It was just after a Lebanese meal, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of seeing, you know, a bar out of men behaving badly here, and uh, <laughs> you two guys sitting on the floor going, I am sailing. This is I the picture am. of London, isn't it? I yeah, pretty much. Combination of that and um, It Ain't Half Hot Mum and, uh, and Shaun of the Dead. That's pretty much my picture of London. <laughs> Actually, that's pretty good. I was well. I was, yeah. I've actually been to London for four hours uh, about a year and a half ago. I I'd sort of, I liked it, but there was just way too many poms there. I thought, if get rid of all the poms. This is actually be a decent you, place. You obviously didn't go to Earl's Court. No, is that where all the Aussies are? Yeah. No, that's even worse. <laughs> the only worst thing into running into poms when you're travelling is running into Aussies. Uh, particularly Aussies that are living in England. Anyway, let's keep going. Um, Number nine, there'll be uproar in the education sector as some accuse universities of encouraging students to stay in bed by introducing podcasts of lectures. I actually, there's there's a lot of truth to that. I'm working with a couple of uh, university professors out here who are starting to produce shows for me where they're going to be taking a lot of their class material, curriculum material, and actually making podcasts and videocasts of it this year. I don't know that they're necessarily going to be encouraging their students to stay in bed, but they will perhaps be enabling their students to stay in bed by you know, podcasting a lot of this stuff. Um, again, did you do any research of this? Are you talking to people in the education sector, or is this uh, just a good guess? No, I mean, there's... Go on, Neil. I think some of this came out of the um, podcast con conference uh, back in September. We had a guy there who was very passionate about the use of podcasting within education um, to to share information and to, to sort of network information between people who who wouldn't actually be end up going to lectures. Yeah, I mean, edu- I don't know what it's like in the UK, but in Australia, the education sector is one of the most pathetic adopters of internet technology in the last ten years absolutely lame-ass adoption of the internet in terms of, you know, revitalising the, the whole education space. And I, I'm pretty sure that this is true worldwide because I haven't seen any exciting examples of it anywhere, really. Is it, is it the same over there? Yeah, I mean, I think the universities are quite slow. I mean, there are, there are one or two that are using, that are using podcasts um, or, or sort of online audio. I don't think they've really, they've really got the podcasting thing. But I think one of the really interesting things from, from the conference was uh, the podcast conference in September was there was a guy there who talked about how um, some kids who, who really didn't, you know, weren't that interested in, in learning suddenly found that if they could put it on their iPod and sort of look cool and, and walk around the streets... Um, 
with a piece of, you know, with something educational there to, so that they'd be, they'd be actually learning stuff, they could do it kind of surreptitiously. So they could still, you know, wander around looking cool, pretend they were listening to whoever, which band. Um, but, um, you know, they were actually getting some value, value from, from this medium. And I think, I think that's, that's quite an interesting area for, for, for anyone in education. If you, if you're trying to inspire, um, kids who perhaps might not have, have, have taken a great deal of notice before, it's, you know, it's a potentially good way of getting to them. But the whole, you know, online education space has just never really uh, even come close to realising the expectations that, that I've had for it over the last 10 years. I mean, where are all the online course delivery applications that everyone was predicting 10 years ago? I don't think I've even seen one of those get released in any sort of real format of you. No, I mean it's it's pretty it's a pretty blank canvas out there. I mean you see the kind of you see kind of stuff online online educational material if you if you like for for sort of businesses and uh, but not really not really in the you know in the straightforward education sector, which is kind of bizarre when you consider how how tech savvy the you know the pupils are. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've just put. I've spoken to a lot of people in Australia who are in the, the geeks who are in the education space and and are doing blogging or consulting or whatever. Yet work at universities or in the education department or whatever. And it typically, it gets put down to the fact that teachers uh, and university professors are fairly technology uh, uh, disabled. Yeah. <laughs> Terrified. Averse. Adverse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucked up. Yeah. Challenged. Challenged. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, but am I, you know, I don't know. My response to that is, well, you know, fucking sack them then. I mean, come on, or, or, yeah, give them, put it in their performance I mean, they, metrics. Learn to use email or fuck off. I mean, they've got to be as well. I mean, they, you know, I can imagine that, you know, ten, fifteen years ago. But they've got to be, they've got to be people of sort of our age coming through into that sector now. And I can't believe that they're all just sort of bookworms and they haven't never switched on a computer. So hopefully, hopefully that'll start changing. One of the things that we're going to launch on TPN uh, early in this first quarter this year is a thing I'm going to call TPN Education, which is going to be a range of freely available podcasts and videocasts that will be more structured around a particular subject than podcasts typically, typically are today. And most podcasts mm. today are sort of freewheeling, uh, news of the week kind of style or interview of the week kind of style. This is going to be more structured, so we're going to take a subject and then do yeah. 5, 10, 15, 20 episodes taking people from you know, pure beginner through to um, having some knowledge about this space and do it in a way that, like the rest of our podcasts, are sort of sponsor-supported, uh, advertiser-supported. Yeah. I think there's a massive opportunity in history, language, software development, um, musical education, uh Cooking, dancing, guitar, uh, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. you got all these people out there with skills in this area, and this is a great way for them to record audio or video lessons in a semi-structured format and make it available to a global audience to participate and build their brand in that particular space as being an expert, you know. Huge opportunity. Anyway, let's keep going. Number eight. Podcasting will be big for small business as increasing numbers use the new medium to develop stronger, more personal relationships with their customers. Got any examples of that yet? 
Yeah, there's a there's a great company called Wiggly Wigglers in the UK, which is a kind of organic um, gardening products business. A really bizarre business. You wouldn't have thought you wouldn't have thought for talking about you know non tech savvy. You'd never have thought that they'd be particularly switched on technology wise, but they are. Um, and they're doing a fantastic podcast, at Wiggly Wigglers. Uh, .co.uk I think the domain is um, uh, about you know about sort of uh, environmental issues about um, about gardening if that's what you're into um, but also just giving them giving people a real insight into into them and their business so it's basically a sort of farm-based business and uh, it's just a really really entertaining podcast and and, and they've had some great feedback um, and certainly I think I think small businesses are going to are kind of going to get this, uh, the whole sort of podcasting thing, more quickly than, than some of the bigger businesses. Well, I think they can react quicker, can't they? That's, that's, that's the main thing. I mean, recently I came across a, a company called um, BackpackingLight.co.uk, and uh, they've been podcasting since around mid-October, and around about Christmas time they clocked up about 15,000 downloads. And it's generating business for him. He's having some fun doing it, which I think is a key thing for, for a small business. They actually enjoy doing it and they're seeing the rewards from it. And he's already um, planning on expanding that into video casting as well. Hold on, my wife's just stuck her head in my study. Yes, dear? Oh, she thought I might have been finished. No, no, my, I had to go back and do it all over again because it wasn't recording. She's slapping her hand on forehead. <laughs> Do you want to come and say hello to the boys in London? No, she waves. My wife oh. waves. Let it be noted in the record that my wife waved. Did you oh, like hello back? Because my my window cleaner's actually outside at the moment. And he thinks you know he'll get the wrong impression if I wave. <laughs> Neil said his window cleaner's out the f- at his window at the moment. If he waves back, the window cleaner might get the wrong impression. Linda said she loves London. She spent more time there than me, but she agrees that it's full of palms. <laughs> um, you can, do, do, she's, oh, she's telling me I have to go to bed. It's, it's yeah. Huh? Oh, with her. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I won't be long. <laughs> you lucky man. Uh, go warm, warm up the engine for me, honey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... Yeah, I, I was going to ask you a question um, about uh, the podcasting. Uh, you know, have you seen many small businesses actually adopt blogging as a communication tool? I mean, I, I guess the classic example to my mind is a finer cut, the uh, tailor, the Savile Row tailor, and then the great success yeah. he had with um, Hugh, uh, whatever his face is. What's Hugh's name? <laughs> Hugh McLeod and it's English wow. cut, yeah. English yeah. cut, yeah. English cut, yeah. Yeah. But there's, yeah, they're not really, not really taking to it. I mean, there's Tin Basher, you know, there's Paul Woodhouse who, who works for a sheet metal manufacturer up in the northeast of England. And he's really, really famous for blogging and, 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 but it's kind of a bit of a black hole. <laughs> uh, I, I, and I think that may be just a symptom of, of people's sort of, when they're starting up or when they're a small business just finding time to do it I don't know yeah it's a bit of a mystery yeah okay well I, I hope you're right I mean I, I agree that I think there's a, there's a huge opportunity for small businesses to do more stuff around podcasting and uh I'm trying to think off the top of my head of any of the small businesses that I do business with that I would listen to a podcast that they could produce and you know there's probably a few actually you know there's a there's a few um uh, people who, who I buy my all my art supplies off of, if they did a show about painting, 
I would yeah. probably tune into that and the sort of equipment that's coming out and what you use different pieces of equipment for and, you know, my health food store, yeah. if they were to give me a thing about health foods and that kind of stuff, I mean, there's huge opportunities. Yeah. I'm really into um, and sort of electronic music and composing composing uh, sort of trance tracks and stuff like that. And there's a an online retail, retailer called Audio MIDI. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll give you some for the, outro eat a for the show if you I like. I could eat a <laughs> Yeah. And uh, uh, sorry, yeah. No, no, Audio Midi uh, it's called, and they they do a podcast where they like they interview some of the manufacturers and talking about developing new products and and some some electronica sort of stars some, uh, and yeah they've got they've got a good they've got a good podcast which links back. It's only a small retailer, but it, it links back really well, and I can imagine lots of people listening to that too. But you know, I complain all the time. <laughs> I complained in my local bookstore the other day and, and got snarled at. They they I was buying a book and they uh, asked for my email address. And I gave them my email address, and I said, what are you going to do with it? And they said, oh, don't know. And I said, <laughs> why is it that in 10 or 11 years of giving businesses my email address, no one has ever sent me a fucking email? I mean, mm. how fucking hard is it, if you're a local bookstore and you've been taking people's email addresses, to send out an email once a month or once a week or whatever saying, hey, customer, um, thanks very much for buying a book from us recently. Here's the latest books that we've just got in, the new releases. Uh, if you'd like us to put something on hold for you, just hit reply. I mean, uh, how fucking hard is that? And and still, it's 2006, man. I, I can count on one hand. In fact, I can count on one finger on one hand the amount of times <laughs> I have received an email from a small business in the last 10 years that was of any value. And it was a little restaurant in Seattle that I had yeah. dinner at. And I got an email from them like every month for a year saying, hey, we've got our VIP chef's only night on this you know, Thursday night and you're, you're invited and... Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't live in Seattle, so it didn't really help me a great deal. But they were using it in the right way, you know. I, I yeah. remember 10 years ago, in 95, I set up a website for my local video library back then and got them to give people internet starter kits, get their email address, and they were sending emails out to people every week or two weeks saying, here are all the new videos slash DVDs that we've got in this month, and if you'd like us to put something on hold for you, just you know hit reply. I mean, it's not hard. They were doing that 10 years ago. But I don't. Why is it that small businesses... So the chick at the bookstore the other day snuck at me and said, well, we're too busy to do stuff like that. I said, oh, you're too mm. busy to talk to your customers. Yeah, no, that's real. Where did you go to learn that at fucking Wharton Business College? <laughs> and then I thought I should leave the store. Um, but, uh, so, I don't know. I, I guess I'm cynical. I, they haven't even learned to use fucking email. They're not going to be using podcasting, you know. Mm, yeah, uh, I I think you know some of the some of the some of the more adventurous will, um, and then once you know if, if they start doing well, um, and and there's you know there's a real impact on their business from it, then word will get around. But you know it's it's these things are these things are slow to change in the, uh, you know small business is still quite traditional. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's keep moving. Um, uh, number seven, BAFTA will include podcasts in an interactive media category following the move of its Scottish counterpart in 2005. Now, uh, you and Spence uh, would like me to make a note for the record here that <laughs> you could have mentioned his name in number seven. He is quite offended 
that you actually didn't mention the Edinburgh Film Festival podcast that he produced that was nominated for the BAFTA uh, Scotland Award for Best New Media Entry and was beaten quite unfairly by the BBC's uh, Gaelic podcast, which, uh, that's not comparing apples with apples. they got a budget of £27 trillion, and Ewan spent a month of his life talking to crazy comedians, but uh, still. <laughs> yeah, I know which one I listen to. <laughs> Which, not the Gaelic one, I hope. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. It was very exciting um, for us and for you. And when he was nominated uh, for a BAFTA last year, we thought that was fantastic. Um, uh, you seriously think? And for people obviously outside of the UK, the BAFTA is the British something film television awards. Yeah, it's kind of like the sort of UK Oscars, I suppose. Yeah, but. Not as big or important. Oh, not as big, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's like our Logie Awards. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that would be great. Uh, you seriously think that there will be more pod- podcasts entered into uh, these categories next year? This year? Well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the important thing is that, that these, these new forms of medium are being taken seriously as, you know, something that's creative and something that's produced, and regardless of, of the fact it comes from... Um, just just some guy in a room somewhere rather than having a big budget and I think it's really important that it's perceived as as being up there really and competing with with the big boys and that was the amazing thing about Ewan's nomination I mean it was literally one crazy Scotsman running around with a mini disc recorder (laughs) every day for a month recording or two weeks or three weeks or whatever it was three weeks I think Every day for three weeks, just recording, capturing an event, you know, and for it to be nominated up there with sort of the big budget uh, uh, entries, uh, you know, that was a, a huge achievement. And, and, and a huge recognition, you know. Yeah, I mean, and if you hear, in my opinion anyway, you hear so much more creativity on podcasts than you do on, on ordinary radio. Um, and, you know, that, that recognition, I think, is, is cool. Excellent. Number six. Oh, by the way, if people didn't hear the Edinburgh Fringe Festival podcast, they can still tune into it at edinburghfringe.thepodcastnetwork.com. Ewan would have my nuts if I didn't say that. <laughs> Number six. The increased... And there's nothing worse than a Scotsman having your nuts, so I'm going to tell you. I mean, these people eat haggis, let us not forget. <laughs> so if they're prepared to stick that in their mouth, God knows what he'd be doing with... Anyway. Number six. The And, and Ewan walks around with a fake pet crow on his shoulder. Uh, wearing a kilt to get into events, so uh, he's uh, he's uh, he's a bit out there. Number six, he's easy to spot. He's just, he's a what? Is a Scott? Makes him easy to spot. Oh, makes him easier to spot. Yes, it does, and it it, it picks up women too, I believe. Number six, um, not very good looking women, but <laughs> except for his wife Vicky, I must say, except for his wife Vicky. <laughs> get myself out of that one (laughs) number six the increased use of podcasting by businesses will prove to be the final nail in the coffin of the in-house magazine which has already been in decline thanks to intranet technology really people are still doing in-house magazines oh yeah Uh, unfortunately yes i'm i'm currently consulting to um one of the major uk magazine publishers and and they're actually trying to to rid themselves of the expense and uh, logistical problems of an in-house magazine for internal communications and they're actually moving over to a blog and potentially podcasting solution oh very good i was in the um corporate video production business about mm, you know 12 13 years ago 
And uh, a mate of mine, a mate of mine who was doing it with me then, is still doing it, <laughs> which amazes the hell out of me that it's still a business. And I caught up with him for uh, coffee a couple of months ago, and he said, "Hey, I've got a client of mine, big client, um, big motor uh, company, car company, that he does a lot all their sort of corporate video stuff." And he said they want to do podcasts, but they want to know how do they get podcasts out to the people who work in the factory floor who don't have a computer or the internet. And I said, "They don't." Next question, <laughs> and uh, and so you know, I guess there are still challenges with delivering internet-based solutions to uh, you know certain members of the blue-collar workforce. This being the point. Yeah, um, it's going to be this could be tricky, but I mean, with the price the price of some sort of cheap MP3 players these days, you know, you, you you're almost reaching the point where you can you can give you give your staff give your employees those and and, and sort a of PC preload broadband. Oh, well, pre-load, pre-load, maybe preload the podcasts. Each I know it kind of... Mm, yeah, perhaps. Mm. I don't know, it's tricky. it's tricky. A Wi-Fi network on the workshop floor that automatically syncs to their yep. iPod in their pocket yes. when they come to... Yeah, I know. Um, wow. Number five. Uh, the BBC will employ a podcaster in its push to discover and nurture new radio talent. Uh, probably be Sue Charman, I think. She's already yeah. sleeping with some senior guy at the BBC, some announcer. Uh, <laughs> it's bound to happen. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> the, uh, one of the one of the guys from BBC Radio Interactive at the Podcast Con conference said that you know you know the the route into radio was, in the past had always been you know you have to join hospital radio and. and be a DJ or something on your, your local radio station and then get spotted that way but he reckons that the, the likes of the BBC and others will spot um, spot through through podcasting oh absolutely yeah I mean I, I have no doubt that um, sort of in akin to the Adam Curry serious deal of last year that this year we'll see a number of radio stations either bring podcasters on board to do you know traditional radio or we'll bring mm. them on board to do the official podcast for the station or the network or something like that. We'll definitely see a lot more of that happening. Uh, number four, Virgin Radio will launch a digital radio station in Tile. By the way, I met um, the head of the BBC's interactive division uh, late last year. Very nice lady whose name escapes me. Um, but she was out here for a film and television conference that uh, she and I was speaking on on this panel about new media sort of business models. Mm. And um, they're doing some really cool stuff, the BBC, with uh, new media. I mean, it, I was quite impressed with some of the stuff that they're doing, encouraging um, video producers or you know to produce video uh, uh, shorts, film producers to produce yeah. film shorts, which they're going to be distributing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think the BBC of all of the all of the sort of big media companies seem really, really switched on, really switched on to the whole new media side of things, and they're really certainly in the UK, they're they're the ones that have really helped raise the profile of podcasting and and made other other broadcasters sit up and think, shit, we ought to be doing something about this. Mm. Um, she also made an interesting comment at this event about the when the first episode of uh, Doctor Who last year was leaked via Canada and was saying that as far as they could tell it had pretty much zero impact on the the ratings of Doctor Who um, in fact I think it probably lifted the ratings of Doctor Who I think uh, so yeah 
Mm. Haven't haven't seen the new one yet. Well, you guys watched the new Doctor Christmas Eve, the Christmas special. Yeah, actually, he was, he was surprisingly good. Um, I think it was, a, it was such a good script. They've obviously got a bigger budget. That was very obvious with the special effects. But yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the series starting. Mm, yeah, you and gave it a big rap as well. I've been waiting to get my hands on it. Um, so Virgin Radio will, this is number four, Virgin Radio will launch a digital radio station entirely devoted to airing independent music podcasts. Something that uh, Ewan would be very excited to hear about. Uh, you think this is something that would be in Virgin's interest? Uh, you don't think independent music podcasts are going to cause them problems with some of the, the labels and their uh, traditional sort of radio business models? I think it may be reaching out to a completely different market, actually. I mean, one thing that um, James Cridland, who is the, the head of interactive at Virgin, said at the podcast con in September was they did some statistical reviews of their um, listener base, and they found that the, the number of MP3 player owners was actually way, way down compared to sort of national average figures. But um, mobile phone use may well be the key with Virgin Radio in that, that they may be looking at distributing to um, the phone user base rather than the mp3 user base and that may be the the main area where they're they're going to focus on i think well i actually you know we we, we think that the phone user base is where all the action is going to be over the next couple of years mm-hmm. and there's a billion mobile phones out there that are going to be converted to media players over the course of the next couple of years right yeah i mean it makes the whole the whole ipod, iPod market market look a bit puny really doesn't it Mm. Well, it does. I mean, there's sort of. I think we're a bit, we've got about 50 million MP3 players out there uh, by about now around the world. 40 odd million iPods and 10 million of everything else. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you compare that to a billion mobile phones, and it's uh, nothing. And you know, we, we always have been building TPN with a vision to all of those mobile phones becoming portable media players, and it's I'm, it's starting to happen. Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, guess longer term as well. If uh, if three G, four G networks really kick off, and the cost of you know cost of downloading stuff to a mobile phone as it becomes more popular, presumably that cost will start falling. Then you know maybe your maybe your blue collar worker with a mobile phone on the shop floor can download podcasts straight to his straight to his mobile. Um, you, you know, it's uh, I, th- I think that you know three four years time, I think the the way. Uh, where you can get your podcast is going to be phenomenal and that audience is going to be vast yeah I agree Uh, let's keep going here then because my wife's waiting for me number three 2006 will be the year of the business podcast with 50% of the FTSE 100 companies producing a podcast to complement their internal or external communication strategies the vast majority will have experimented with podcasting during the year this isn't like you know wish fulfillment here is it guys you're not telling your clients (laughs) what they should be uh, thinking about that's pretty self-serving isn't it that's pretty yeah maybe pretty 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 a little bit The only thing you could have done to make that line more transparent would be to have at the end of it, you know, and uh, ring Alex for more information. I mean, come on. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it wasn't there. Well, you know, you had to put F1 in there. (laughs) You know, again, if you compare the amount of FTSE 100 companies that are actually running a blog. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I think I think many 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 more um, big businesses will start with podcasting and and who might who might not even have considered blogging um, and certainly the the ones that we've the ones that we've talked to um, 
I could never see blogging, but they they do they they are genuinely interested in podcasting, and I think uh, to some extent I think that may be because they see it as a more con- sort of controllable medium, which may be a good or a bad thing. Um, but they kind of they kind of get podcasting more easy more more easily than they get blogging. I think. Who do you think will be doing the podcasting from inside of these companies? The uh the CEO, or uh, you know, the the dick in marketing, or uh, you know, no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think, I think, um, you know, sort of death of the in-house magazine. I think it's an opportunity to do like, you know, like a, a radio radio magazine show, and actually just have, you know, interviews uh, with people in the business, what they're up to, with charities that you know the business might be supporting, um, with. Um, Areas of the business that that people might not have heard or understood before. Um, so I, I think it's you know an, an opportunity to sort of kind of build, um, uh, you know, build build communication between employees as much as it is just about um, you know the marketing director saying you know these are our sales targets because you know you might as well just read that in an email. I can't see people wanting to listen to that internally. Hmm. Yeah, I still think that the biggest challenge with a lot of businesses in adopting these technologies, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, get the CEO to read a carefully scripted uh, speech to the troops and distribute as a podcast. Um, Very different thing, though, to have, you know, uh, something that's free and open and full of lively debate and uh, Mm. in in a very clue train kind of fashion. I mean... You know, I'd love to see businesses uh, get their CEO and then get, you know, their top 20 disgruntled customers for the month and get them and have an open, uh, freewheeling chat and put that yeah. out there. Or, you know, yeah. <clears throat> so, to me, that's something that I'd probably tune into uh, a lot more than something that's heavily scripted. I guess the problem that most companies have is that, you know, I had David Weinberger from the Clue Train uh, book team on the show yeah. uh, a month or two ago, we were talking about this and how it's, you know, six or seven years since the guys first wrote Clue Train and still, it's like most businesses are still stuck in control the message, you know. Mm, mm, yeah. Number I, two. I think... Oh, keep going. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I was yeah. just going to say, I think, I think the, uh, you know, the, the ex- podcasting gives potentially people, people in those big businesses, a chance to experiment a bit with, with along more clue train lines internally to begin with. And once they see how well that works and the kind of positive feedback that they're going to get from, from people working for the organization, then I think that's, that's a kind of first step along the, along the sort of clue train, uh, Path, if you like. So I'm, I'm really, I'm, I really believe that podcasting is is the way in and the 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 the, the beginning of a, 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 a slow change towards a more sort of clue train oriented business environment. Hmm. This is also need to be careful not to to work too much in isolation, really, and to sort of keep aware of what other businesses are doing and how they're utilising. Which is like podcasting. I mean, people like ourselves are audacious because we're going to be working with a whole range of, of companies. We can bring that um, shared knowledge together, which I think is an important thing because it, you can be too isolated and too insular in your attitude towards what you're personally doing internally uh, and kind of ignore the, the, the practices of other people and the success that other people are having. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I'll be looking forward to seeing a good example of the big business podcast. 
I haven't seen one yet. Uh, there'll be number two. There'll be a greater separation between commercial podcasts and those produced by independent. Uh, my screen just went to screensaver mode. Uh, independent producers, but the two will coexist happily. So uh, I'm not sure what you mean by c- commercial podcasts and independent podcasts. Um, um, is is a is G'day World a commercial podcast or an independent podcast from your perspective? I think commercial podcasts are perceived mostly as um, existing broadcasters for the most part or information providers such as newspapers and so on, uh, repurposing existing material and then using the, the podcast medium as, as a, a different means of distribution, reaching an audience. MSM uh, podcasts, whereas, yeah. And and the, the independent producers are those that, that purely produce the podcast with a little bit of income maybe and hope to actually elevate themselves into a higher profile and yeah. I think there'll be a greater there'll be a greater separation because the commercial podcasters will will kind of settle down a little bit they'll stop making so much fuss about it they'll, they'll work out how to use the medium to their best advantage and um, the rest of us will be quite happy there's been a lot of talk about the com- the more commercial part of podcasting washing out and swamping away the the independence but I don't think that will happen I think there'll always be this this good friendly happy core um, selection of independent podcasters just producing their stuff for the sheer love of it. Yeah, look, I've always thought this stuff about this stuff being swamped is just frog shit. I mean, and people point to iTunes. Oh, look at the top ten in iTunes. It's all mainstream media. I don't give a fuck what's the top ten in iTunes, people. I mean, I don't go, gee, Apple, tell me what I should listen to today. I mean, I'm going out there and listening uh-huh. to podcasts that are produced by you know people that have something to say about things that I'm interested in, and it's certainly not... Many mainstream. I do listen. I listen to the Ricky Gervais show. I'll happily confess that, and I get mostly a laugh out of it. Although I think the whole Ricky and Steve beat up on Carl thing, call Carl an idiot, is sort of it's getting a little bit lame after a couple of episodes. But you know, and there's other. You know, I listen to Ron Moore's Battlestar Galactica commentary podcast because I think that's just absolutely a brilliant podcast for a brilliant uh, TV show. And I'd listen to more of that kind of stuff. But that's, I'm not going to listen to. Mainstream radio uh, networks just repurpose what was boring in the first place as a podcast. Uh, maybe brand new people, and I think one of, one of the things that's happening is uh, I've said this a lot in the media out here. Whenever I'm interviewed, the journalist says, "Well, what do you think about the fact that the big radio networks in our podcasting?" I say, "Fan fucking tastic. They're my marketing department. They're the yeah. guys going out yeah. there teaching 20 million Australians what a podcast is and how you get them and how you listen to them." Now. Those people, maybe when they first come to listen to a podcast, will be listening to their radio station because that's where they first heard about it. But that's not going to be the only thing that they listen to. They're going to subscribe to at least one other show. And I suspect Mm. that that one other probably will be, you know, an indie show. Um, So I think it's all good. Um, And I'll tell you the other one that I would listen to, just sort of times me a bit, David Lee Roth has just <laughs> taken over Howard Stern's old role in the US, but they're not podcasting. And if they were, I would happily tune into DLR, man. He's the man. <laughs> Are you guys even old enough to know who David Lee Roth is? Oh, yes. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not going to say a word. I'm no comment at all. You're not a Sammy Hagar fan, are you? Who? <laughs> oh, good. Very good. <laughs> right, r- right answer. All right. And the number one... Um, Prediction. This is obviously the big one, folks. Drum roll. The Podcast Network, or Pod Show, will be bought by AOL late in 2006, and the deal will allow commercial music to be played by all podcasts in the network. 
<laughs> Hooray! I pissed Come myself. On, I give us, give us, give us the insider, the insider deal on the AOL scene. <laughs> well, mate, I tell you uh, two things. Uh, number one, um, there's no way I intend to be sold in 2006. Um, I'm having too much fun. And yeah. number two, Jason Calacanis was bought by AOL, so that's another reason why I would definitely not allow myself to be bought by AOL. Um, got a great amount of respect for Jason, but if you've ever spent five minutes with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be working in the same company as him. Um, uh, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I hadn't heard of this pod show group, though. Who are they? I mean, um, I, I could understand why you I don't know. We, there, we went, you know, we went for the Top Dogs, and which was obviously the first podcast network in the world, which yeah. was, uh, and the was biggest. you guys, wasn't it? And the yeah, biggest. And the biggest. Yeah. Although Ewan, Ewan tells me the Godcast was first. Uh, the Godcast Network were the first podcast network, we believe. We were the first commercial podcast network. Yeah. Okay. The first podcasting business. I- Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Are you-, <laughs> Are you there? Oh, no. At this point in the conversation, uh, my batteries on my laptop went flat. <laughs> and... And I had to uh, reconnect with the boys, so uh, here's the second part of the interview. Bloody Jeremy Haig. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Jeremy um, a defence on this one. Wait, wait wait till Neil gets back in, and um, I'll give my pathetic fucking excuse for a dumb Aussie. <laughs> you, you, you know, your whole dumb Aussie thing will just be uh, verified now. Oh, come on, Neil, answer the phone. You're Neil? really breaking up, Cameron. I can't. Oh, really? Can't hear you. Oh, no, you're okay now. Uh, all right. Well, Neil, have you lost all of that then? No. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. I checked. It's all Phew. still there. Um, what happened was my <laughs> my my laptop battery went flat, and my laptop went into hibernate. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, well. The, 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 you're nearly out of battery thing it popped up and I thought oh we're nearly finished I'll be right I've got plenty yeah, of time yeah. and yeah, yeah of course no so we've got all of that so let's just uh, recap where we're at at the end without Neil so um yeah, the Godcast Network guys were the number one podcast uh, sort of network. They had a few shows. We were the first commercial podcast network, and still the biggest in terms of the number of shows that we produced by a fucking land mile, as far as we know. But uh, hmm. Adam gets all the press, though. Well, yeah. We, we know we know who's number one. We know who's first. <laughs> yeah, but I think if anyone's going to get acquired, I mean, in all seriousness, you know, the thing that's amazing about the deal that um, Podshow did with Kleiner Perkins and Sequoia, etc., last yeah. year, that nine million bucks, more or less, you know. Uh, Anyone who's ever been through a capital raising process understands the sort of return that venture capitalists, in particular, mm. want on that kind of money. Mm. So if they want, if they got nine million dollars for, let's say, twenty-five percent of the company, I don't know what it was, and they're going to want sort of a five times, five to ten times return on that in the next couple of years. Yeah. So, so if nine million bought them twenty-five percent of the company, then the you know. Post money valuation of the company is, you know, twenty-seven. Let's say thirty million dollars rounded out. Yeah, that means he needs to build the business to a three hundred million dollar valuation. Um, now I don't know what his revenues are today, but I'll take a guess and say they're not much. You know, they might be yeah, hundreds I mean, I, of thousands. To get that return, I can only see selling to a big 
you well, know. you've got to IPO or you've got to sell to somebody who's yeah. just willing to buy you at any price. Um, yeah. Now, if they paid, AOL paid, was about 30 mil, everyone thinks, for Weblogs Inc. Yeah. Uh, you know, is um, Podshow conceivably going to be worth 10 times as much in the next five years? Um yeah, I don't know. He's got to build some big, either build some big revenues or build some big uh, traffic or build some big expectation of future revenues. Um, you know, you can do an NPV on what his revenue will be ten years from now and sort of bring it back to three hundred million today. That's putting net, you know, revenues. Yeah, in yeah, fucking a lot of yeah. money. Anyway. But, you know, I guess from, from an investor's, from a, you know, VC point of view, I mean, nine million is nine million, but it's not huge money for them, is it? Not for Sandhill Road investors, no. Right. But yeah. that said, so, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're bloodthirsty guys, too. They yeah, want to get no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, who knows? But it was very nice of you to include us in there, Alex. It, it made my day. That's a pleasure. The fact that people have even heard of us always makes my day. I was oh, like, you were, oh, you, how sweet. Yeah. When, I was, when, I was, when I was looking at podcasting back in January, was when I, I sort of discovered it January last year, um, and your, your network was there. Uh, and was, you know, your shows were some of the first I listened to. So, yeah, you deserve a plug. Well, thank you, mate. And um, we'll finish up by talking about the fact that you and I are going to start the uh, chess podcast on TPN. We are. We are. No, that that we must do. I, just, uh, I can imagine we'll have at least what. Chess is quite big, though, isn't it? Globally. It is well, for geeks, it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I seriously have been saying for a year I would love a chess podcast. And I, I saw your blog post recently where you're talking about this Russian female grandmaster who started Yeah. Blog. I haven't tuned into it yet. Is it any good? It's okay. It's pretty. It's pretty. Pretty basic. I mean, it's kind of. It's back to. So that's actually sort of education thing. It's back. Back to you know the ABCs of chess. Um, but nevertheless, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird and wonderful personalities in chess. who would be great to have on as interviews. And oh, I want for, Bobby for Fischer on then. Oh yeah, I'm going to get a Reykjavik. Get Bobby Fischer yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where uh, is he now? Is he is he in some? Is he still in Serbia or no? Reykjavik, Iceland. Oh, was he in Reykjavik, is he? Yeah, yeah, he got, um, he got a... Uh, he was in the Philippines it? for a bit, wasn't he? Well, he was in the, he was in the Philippines, then he got thrown into Japan, in, in uh, jail in Japan, uh, when they sort of threw him in the slammer uh, because the US were trying to get him deported to the yeah. US. Yeah. And after about, he was in jail for like six months, and then, because uh, no one in the world would take him, and then finally Iceland... Obviously, where he uh, famously played Boris Spassky in 1972, yeah, um, and said that Reykjavik was a shithole. They um, <laughs> gave him a passport and citizenship, and he's now a citizen of Reykjavik. That's <laughs> true. I'm sure. He'd, I'm sure. I'm sure he'd do it. I'm sure he'd do it. Oh, but podcast. he hates. He hates chess, though, man. He just want to talk wow. about how the Jews are taking over the world and wow. all that kind of stuff. He's gone a bit nut, nut, nutty. Oh, I know, but. But he's still a yeah. god. What a god. But seriously, I, I've said, yeah, the sort of chess podcast I'd listen to is if somebody took Fisher's top 50 games or, you know, Kasparov's top 50 games or even the most recent games from a Grandmaster tournament and actually, yeah. you know, you had a Grandmaster or something like that walk you through the game move by move, the same as you get sort of on a, online in a blow-by-blow analysis. But somebody talk, walked you through it and you could actually yeah. play through the game 
Yeah. And they'd go, okay, so, you know, here's what he's doing here, and here's what he's thinking, and that's why this is weak. And to me, that would be fucking awesome. I, I would, that would be tune good. into that, that would you be know? Good. Yeah, yeah. And then if you, if you had a bit of, you know, a bit of your sort of chess news updates and, and a few just interviews, because I think, I think that one of the, one of the, you know, the fascinating things is just the personalities, because as I said, you know, other than, you know, Fisher, who everyone knows about, there's some, some weird and, weird and wonderful personalities in chess. So you could, you could get a combination of that, that sort of real sort of who are these guys as well as as well as these sort of educational and sort of informative stuff I think it would be a good podcast be fabulous do it yes well Definitely. okay yeah, well, if, yeah, let's let me, you and I should do it yeah why not <laughs> we need to <laughs> You probably know more. We'll have to compare. We'll have to compare strengths in chess. Cause, we'll have to know. have a few online games, and then we'll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, best of five winner. Winner is host. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Well, Alex, look, thanks very much for uh, putting up with all of my technical difficulties tonight, and apologise to Neil Dixon for me. That was. An, I haven't had this big a disaster show uh, for a while, but anyway. I will um, do. So- and everyone can check out uh, Audacious Communications at uh, audaciousonline.com. Cool. And your blog at smallbizpod.co.uk. Well, that's my yeah, that's my that's my podcast, which is kind of a small business podcast, which I've been doing and having great great fun with for for about a year. So uh, for a year, yeah, nearly that's, a year. Yeah, yeah, no, nine months, ten months. Yeah, fantastic. I suppose. Yeah. You looking yeah. for a network to be part of? I yeah. <laughs> well, you've got Jeremy. You've got Jeremy as your business guy, haven't you? No, Jeremy hasn't done a show for us for a no, year. No, I know. I, he his his shows on uh, talking to TPM. When I first started listening, those were Jeremy's shows because it was business, uh, and I'm interested in the whole sort of enterprise area. Mm. His were the first couple of shows that I listened to on your network. Yeah, okay. Uh, then I subscribed and everything. It was just when I was just getting into it, and I was sitting around thinking, where the bloody hell? Where, yeah. where, where are those shows? He went fucking. What's happened to him? He's yeah. now running a blogging network, as you probably know. I know, I yeah, know. B5 yeah. Media with some Aussie boys. Yeah. Time yeah. White is taking over our biz blogging show. Time's very good, too. She did a couple with Jeremy, and she's yeah. taking Yeah, yeah, no, she was, I remember. Um, no, she was good. She's got, oh, the sexiest, cool. she's got the sexiest damn voice, man, if you've ever heard Time's voice. Yes, I have. I yeah, I, well, I heard it. I heard it on the show. <laughs> My name is Time White. It's very sexy. Yeah. All right, man. Well, look. Uh, <laughs> thanks again for uh, coming on. Thanks for including us in the in the top ten. That was a hoot. And um, all the best for the audacious business. I hope you have a great year and uh, start practicing your uh, Sicilian opening, mate. That's all I can say. Because I'm going to I'm going to Shevening. And just to give you an inside tip, it's the Shevening variation that I the like. Shevening. Okay, I'm going to be fianchettoing my bishop and. Coming right down your white diagonal, mate. You won't know. <laughs> okay. Nothing worse than having scary. an Aussie coming down your white diagonal, I tell you. Uh, absolutely not very painful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let's talk soon. Cheers, mate. Yeah, take care. Bye. Don't sit there looking at that banana stand all day. Put your Segway aside and get your road bike out of the garage and listen to the Health and Fitness Show on the Podcast Network together with your cousin. Visit health.thepodcastnetwork.com and get your cutoffs ready and get locked up in the wonderful world of health and fitness. The Podcast Network. Real power can't be given. It must be taken.